and it suddenly became this um, stripping season. This stripping of, of what we thought we could have, a stripping of what we thought we were, a stripping of what we thought we wanted. And, and it kind of was one of those where God really said, what's really important to you? Because I'm about to take all of it. That's the voice of Greta Miller. Hello and welcome to the Hill Stories podcast, a space to tell the God stories unique to the people at Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. I'm your host, David Wilson. Now, I know Greta. I've known her for a while here at Chapel Hill. And if you don't know Greta, you either haven't been here very long or you're not trying hard enough. What have you been involved in lately here at Chapel Hill? What do you do? Um, The biggest thing that I do right now is youth. I mean, I'm heavily embedded in the youth department as far as both middle school and high school. Um, But the other things that I've had my fingers in are VBS uh, in the games. So if you were part of our VBS weeks um, for numerous summers, I was the goofball in the gym running the games and tying it somehow to Jesus. Um, And then I've helped with Festival of Hope. I've also done women's retreats and been either the intro prompter people or the comic relief. Um, along with Cindy Toon, (laughs) a couple women's retreats. And we also did a little bit of uh, Safe Families. Our household became Safe Family certified. We were one of the first, and that's kind of what we do. Um, I keep saying we because it's a household thing. It's a family business. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted you to mention the other half of you. Yeah, the other half of me is my beloved husband, Jason. Um, And we have been in tandem ministry together and equally yoked on so many playing fields uh, since we've been dating. Um, We found each other in youth ministry, doing youth ministry, doing young singles social ministry, and then um, have just continued to do ministry life together, do husbanding, parenting, wifing, all of it together. So. So today, you're here for a particular reason. Well, I think one of the areas that I've um, kind of been pondering as I was asked to think about sharing this with you guys and sharing this um, as a whole was what does it look like to be a small business owner, but also, you know, letting God be the center of it. Hmm. Um, So that's the other um, interesting aspect of the Millers, (laughs) the Jason and Greta dynamic duo, is we don't just do ministry together in the youth department, but we do life together, but we also do work together. Um, We are small business owners. We are second generation remodelers and custom home builders um, on Jason's side. And we inherited that business and we've been building that business since essentially 2005 as ours um, and completely ours since 2008, which, you know, that was a fun time to become a small business owner in Washington State. (laughs) A nice economic period of time. Right, okay, right. right. You know, the I, forecast seemed awesome. <laughs> let's do this while the world is crashing around us. Right? Okay, Why good. Not? Good idea. Let's do this, Jesus. So we um, we have, we own and run our own small business um, and we employ currently eight different people um, on staff ranging from part-time to full-time. Um, and when I say we run our own business, we really do work together and that takes a different dynamic of both personality and understanding of each other. And one of the things that I, I love that Jason and I um, bring to the table is our, our absolute 
honesty with each other, but also, like you mentioned, our ability to keep up with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, as Jason's working in his little circle of, of things for the projects and, and different um, construction job sites, I'm working my little circles in other things. And then at the same moment or a different moment, we kind of collide into each other, but it's not messy. It's this beautiful wovenness of like, well, I'm doing this and you're doing this and look how that handles and look how this just kind of, we seamlessly take over where the other one is lacking and we seamlessly blend in to where the other one might be a little bit blurry and we, we fill in those gaps. And so there's been lots of times where Jason and I have had to really like step back and say, how are we blessed by this? And then sometimes, how are we stressed by this? Because um, I affectionately say, I work with the guy, I live with the guy, I sleep with the guy. What else do you want me to do with the guy? <laughs> <laughs> but um, truly, I don't, I don't see our life being any different. And I couldn't, I couldn't ask for God to have given me a different life outcome based on where I thought I wanted to be. Most people wouldn't see it that way. They'd see the mess first and stress about that. When did you start feeling that way about it and, taking, and actually having that positive point of view of it? I think for Jason and I to, to look at it as I don't have to work with my husband or I don't, I don't have to, so switching it from the have to to the get to, it really was probably around 2014, 2015. We had survived the crash of 0910 mm-hmm. and as far as the housing and remodeling boom up here. And um, Jason had always been involved in a secondary business to provide for our family. Um, it was a software business, it was a lot of traveling, and he kind of still had one leg in that door as he was also still running our remodeling business. Um, and as we kind of turned the corner into 2015, we were looking at things in a, a really sweet spot is where we thought we were. We were like, our kids were in a sweet spot, we felt we were in a sweet spot. And the first half of 2015 seemed prosperous and it seemed good. At that point in time, I wasn't yet fully grateful for who my husband is. And I wasn't yet fully engaged in the beautiful mess that we were. I still had those moments where I was like, oh, this is a mess. I don't like this mess. (laughs) And yet, as the second half of 2015 came to fruition, we realized we were not going to be prosperous. We realized we actually may have to shut the company down. We realized that every job that we thought we were gonna have that we had like already pinned to the board was not. And it suddenly became this um, stripping season, this stripping of, of what we thought we could have, a stripping of what we thought we were, a stripping of what we thought we wanted. And it became this just bare minimum. And, and it kind of was one of those where God really said, what's really important to you? Because I'm about to take all of it. So let me know what's critical. You had to be fighting that a little bit though. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a fighter by nature. I'm yeah. a, as my husband says, a force to be reckoned with, so. Well, more than just Jason's. <laughs> I know, I've heard of it from a few other people before. <laughs> not, not as a feather in my cap, but as just an acknowledgement that sure. When, when the giants come, I go at them. Um, and this was one of those giants of how, how do we, Jason and I, survive this maritally? How do we, Jason and I, survive this business-wise? How do we, household, Miller family, survive this as a household? 
And we had some other elements at play at the time that were influencing us. And as God continued to strip job after job from us and 2016 started to come on our horizon, we looked at our finances, we looked at our emotional <laughs> balances, we looked at our spiritual balances, and we had a reckoning of if we don't figure out how to do this better, we're gonna lose all of it. And if I'm honest in my heart of hearts, I kind of said, take it. Hmm. I'm all done fighting for what isn't lovely. I'm all done fighting for what is gimping along. It took Jason a little bit longer to get to that point as well. It took him a little bit longer to come to that full surrender. But again, like I said, that stripping season wasn't yet done. So as 2016 came along, um, we had a job that was, we thought, going to be our saving grace. And Jason was so desperate to have another job lined up to keep our crew um, of three or four guys at that time employed. He signed on um, for this job that we thought would be amazing. Okay. It was a fantastic remodel. It was complicated. It was right up our alley. It was waterfront. It was everything that we specialize in. And so we kind of said, yeah, let's, let, let's take these guys on. Let's go ahead and do it. And despite numerous red flags that both Jason and I saw, so I call these bricks that God lopped at us, these warning signs that God said, don't. We pushed on. And I'm not going to say that the Millers were a happy place in that spring of 2016 season. We were pretty volatile. We were pretty angst at each other. Um, the bricks that God was lobbying at us to stop and wait and be patient, we were then lobbying at each other of accusations of you're not committed, you're not being supportive. Did you two rely on anybody or anything in particular at that time? Or was it just each man for themselves and push forward? And what did that look like then? We compartmentalized really hard. Like we... We shut down um, a lot of areas. We stopped inviting some people into our lives that would have spoken wisdom to us. Um, and I, I call it, we went into def, you know, defend, the, <laughs> defend the barrier mode of this is as far as we're willing to share. This is as much as we're willing to let people know that we're struggling. This is, this is as far as you get. Okay. And then defend that barrier. Um, and, and for, for me, it was a, a, a wake-up call of who are my tried and true friends, who are my tried and true supporters that I could trust that will support without condition. In the space of this mess that wasn't quite a beautiful mess yet, you've got this job that comes up. Mm -hmm. So what happened there? So the job comes up, and, and truth be told, Jason wasn't wholly focused on the job. He was just thankful that it was there and it was going to produce income and it was going to produce work. And that job became so complicated and so fast-paced and so ever-changing and ever-evolving that many practices that we had done in the past on other job sites were um, sent to the wayside. We didn't stop to say, let's look at this change. Let's look at how much that's going to cost. Let's reevaluate why we're redesigning this. So what we would call in the, in the industry world um, common stop points in the project, we didn't stop and evaluate, is this going well? Have we accounted for how much it's going to cost? And I was left holding what I'm going to call the customer service bag of, well, let's just send Greta to go talk to them because she can, she can talk reason to anybody. So she'll go sort it out and everyone will be happy. Um, other things along this job that we should have just listened to was that the gentleman's check bounced 
the first time, his first check to us bounced. A little bit of a warning sign. Right, right. Okay. Small red flag. <laughs> Small red flag. You know, but oftentimes in our in our industry, we deal with large sums of money. Yes. And so sometimes banks don't always communicate and transfer the large sum of money. They don't release it right away. And so, you know, going... You're rationalizing right, it a little go, bit. Right, rationalize. Okay, okay, it's okay. That's okay. It's okay if it bounced. We're good. We'll, we'll just run it through again. No big deal. And, and, you know, if you can just cover the bounce check fee. You know, so he sure did, did no big deal. Um, we continued on in the project, and we continued on um, thinking that everything was great. When in my gut, I just kind of felt like there was something off. Um, so really, it was our lack of attentiveness and our fear of not having any provision, our fear of not surviving if we didn't do this job. And as the job kind of rolled on, thing after thing after thing went wrong. Now. We've come to learn something's going to go wrong on your job site. <laughs> and that's one of the things we tell all of our clients now. Something's going to go wrong on your job site. It doesn't matter what goes wrong. What matters is how we handle it. And that's one little nugget that came out of this job site. But on this particular one, we had so many things go wrong that at a certain point in time, I looked at the client and I said, I think you're cursed. <laughs> and takes a lot for Greta to like how say, well did they take that? <laughs> he didn't take that too well okay that wasn't received as kindly as i thought that's not part of the customer service handbook any right longer? it's not okay. it's no longer you're cursed all right <laughs> that's, that's no longer in the handbook of how to handle clients just just curious right. i'm sorry go ahead but again it was one of those things that it was it was god stirring something in my soul that this was not a well space this was not a, a wellspring of life in this job. The job site was not giving me design life. It wasn't giving Jason peace of mind. It wasn't giving him life in how, he, how it was managed. It wasn't giving our crew life. Like we could just feel this, I don't want to say a darkness, but that really what is what it was. It was this darkness um, that eventually evolved into a lawsuit. Um, it came to a head in August and it was one of those again that, that Jason felt so stressed that oftentimes his mode of operation when he stresses to escape. And so he's like, if I don't get away from the job, from the house, from life for a few days, I'm going to lose it. Now, I mean, and we had had multiple knockdown, drag out intramarital fights over this job site. We had had professional fights over this job site of mm -hmm. how to manage it better. You're not managing it well. You're not supporting me in my management. So really, it, again, it was that stripping season of the Lord that he was stripping us to such a raw state that, that we didn't recognize it until it all accumulated at the end of August in 2016 that our foreman, lead foreman, called us and said that he'd gotten to a rollover wreck and that the work truck was totaled and that the job site door had shown up, but it had completely failed, and that was a door that had also caught on fire at the, at the warehouse, and that the um, tile guy had installed at a completely different tile on the floor that we no one had approved. I mean, it was thing after thing after thing just, like, compounded where we got home from that little getaway, which was not a getaway at all. We'd mm -hmm. spent the getaway cleaning up vomit from one of our sick kids the entire time. Our dog had had an accident in the hotel room. We were like, this was like such a Jonah moment where like God it, had said, go this way. And we just obstinately said, no, we're going to continue on. <laughs> it's hard to think of anything else that could have gone wrong. Right? You would think that like we're at the pinnacle of wrongness. 
And and yet that we returned to the job site and I showed up the very next morning um, to meet the owner and I, I, I vividly remember um, before I left the house being in tears, shaking and un unable to be my usual stoic Greta. One of our lead workers was there at the house that morning and he saw me in this uncomposed state and he was like, whoa. And he asked Jason, where's Greta going? And Jason said to go initiate arbitration against the client hmm. and to place a stop work order on the entire job site. Now, to give you a little bit of understanding as to why we went to this level, the client had refused to pay two of his three bills. At this point in the project, he owed us $250,000. Oh my goodness. That we had been gracious gracefully saying, it's okay, pay it on the next one. Something that we normally pay closer attention to. And yet we had been so unfocused on who we are, we had allowed things to just slip. We had allowed change orders to slip without signatures. We had allowed costs to accumulate without double checking them. We'd allowed the client to make changes to the design with the subs without approving them through us. And so here we are at a deficit of $250,000 wondering, why aren't you paying? And he's refusing to pay. And we're just trying to negotiate, can we make some progress with this? Um, we'd also been fielding phone calls late at night. We had been fielding phone calls early in the morning. We had been fielding vicious, awful emails from the client. So it really was an attack season. Um, and we were both so stripped raw emotionally and spiritually that the attacks felt all the more painful. Mm -hmm. So as I headed off to go initiate arbitration and give one last chance to the client to say, will you pay half of this bill so that we can continue work? Right. And I was driving out there, it's about a 25, 30 minute drive out. And as I'm driving, every song that came on the radio was, you know, Lord goes before you. The Lord is with you, you know. Um, it is well <laughs> with my soul, which you know I was like, really, really, Lord, <laughs> it's well with my soul. It's That's not well just with an my opinion. Soul. <laughs> I'm not feeling it right now. Right. So says you. So says you. Thank you. Um, so it was just one of those where, once I really started to listen and and kind of get back to my core of listening for God's still small voice mm -hmm. in all of it, I realized this isn't gonna go well. When I get there, it's not gonna go well. And yet, Lord, and yet, you are already promising me that you're with me. Mm -hmm. You are already promising me that you've gone before me. So, of course, it didn't go well. <laughs> didn't go well because sometimes it just doesn't need to go well in order for the Lord to do what he needs to do. So we went to arbitration, we went to lawsuits, we went to personal lawsuits, we went to vicious attacks, we went to the client slandering us throughout the community that we work in, we went to him defiling our name in every place of business that he could throughout the entire county. Um, it went to him going to the Superior Court 
demanding, you know, that they revoke our license and that they take everything away from us. It went to threatening emails and phone calls that he was going to take everything we had. Um, it went to nighttime tuck-ins of my children asking, is he going to take us? Mm. Mommy, can he take us? That's... <laughs> so. I, I'm, I'm just amazed at how deep this is. Yeah. I mean, I, not, not for you personally, just the layer upon layer upon layer. Right. During this season of stripping, as you referred to it, was there a particular verse or something that kept you going? It, it was, honestly, it was the song that the Lord played for me, that it is well with my soul as I went out there. And I realized that where that comes from is that as everything was stripped away, um, I think it's actually a, a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor that wrote that song, It Is Well With My Soul, after he lost his family and his wife and his children and everything else. Um, and I, that for me became my rock and my anchor. And um, some people probably remember that for a good while I had that wrapped around my wrist, that it is well with my soul. And people would ask me, why do you have that? And I said, because it's true. Because I need to be reminded that it's true. That in the stripping, in, in the crushing, in the persecution, in, in the fear, in the unknown, it is still well with my soul. And that's, you know, as we headed into just, you know, all that is entailed in earthly court <laughs> and earthly legal battles, um, it just continued on into 2017. And into 2017, um, it accumulated in that June of 2017. And uh, it, it was subpoenas of all of our records. It was subpoenas of all of our subs records. It was oh, an entire week of um, being deposed. <laughs> Jason spent... 60 plus hours in a lawyer's office being deposed and it was threats from the lawyers that when you lose this battle you're gonna have to pay for all of this and not even if it was when right right the the threat of when and I remember sitting across from the lawyer as he was deposing me and trying to rattle me and say when you lose this you're going to have to fix everything that is wrong in their house and pay for all their legal fees and I looked at him and I said, that's a bold statement. And he goes, why is that a bold statement? I said, because I serve something higher and more authoritative than you. So when you say when, I say if, and I sit deep in that if the Lord allows it, then I will be at peace with it. And he just kind of looked at me like, that was odd. And Jason grabbed my hand and he, Jason understood at that point in time that I was sitting deep in the Lord's if. Hmm. If you allow this, if you allow us to come out of this, then everything in our life is yours. Then everything that we serve and we do is yours. Then, Lord, even if you take it all, then we will still serve you and do everything for your glory and for your kingdom. In that stripping season, as we hit 2017, it became not so much a, if the Lord takes us from us, it was, if the Lord restores us. Hmm. And not us as a business, not us as a company, not us as a second generation remodeler, but us as a unified front for the Lord, first and foremost, and then a unified front for our family, secondarily, and then a unified front for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And if we happen to do business, awesome. <laughs> but 
but first and foremost, it was us, our family, the kingdom. It sounds like that was a true turning point in it, the whole situation. It was a very true turning point in the entire situation. And as we came to the actual um, trial dates and the trial, um, I just remember, again, being so angry that such evil could come at us. And yet I had to sit there and say, of course, of course, <laughs> such evil can come at us because we have been so much more deepening our reliance on the Lord and in prayer together and in in reconciling where we had at one point been at odds, but really coming together as a household and as a husband and wife and as a business saying, no longer can you focus on this other aspect, Jason. You've really got to give your 100% to this business, to the household, to the family. And same thing for me, no longer could I long to go do other things that were ministry-based, but I had to come alongside and be my husband's tether as we were a couple, a business, a family. Um, it, it became a realization for both of us that we are far better together than we ever were apart. And having that epiphany that the Lord was really stripping everything that was dividing us, everything that was calling our attention away from each other, stripping us of those distractions, allowed us to focus on Him first and foremost. And it was a soft and sweet redemption that He gave us in the fact that even in the fire of the outcome of the trial, we weren't found at fault aside from the things that we acknowledged that we had done wrong. And that was one of the first things that Jason and I surrendered was our pride. We surrendered our pride to the process and said, yep, we did some things wrong. We didn't hold true to what we held as a covenant, a rule, a process. And so we did some things wrong and we acknowledged them and we offered to correct them. And yet that wasn't satisfactory for the client but it was for the judge. And the judge said, okay, you acknowledge it, I'm splitting the baby. Hmm. They, don't, they aren't gonna pay you the remaining that you, you know, we said we would, we'd be fine if we could just have the 125 and walk away mm-hmm. from what we could pay off all the bills that were, and we'd walk away. They were countersuing us for 350,000 for damages and, and back rent and everything else that you can think of that would get tied to a bad job gone super wrong. And the judge said, no, you're gonna get 35,000 from the Miller's insurance company. And then you're gonna pay the Miller's 35,000 towards the bills that are outstanding. And then everyone's gonna walk away. Hmm. And so we walked away saying, thank you, Lord that we can walk away. And then we let that sit in our souls as, okay, this is ground zero of building it as a unified team, as fully focused on what is the Lord asking us to do and is the Lord blessing it. And what came out of that was that this refined listening for the Lord in every job. And that sounds really weird. They're like, why would you listen for the Lord in a remodeling project? Um, But those scars led us to a deepening of, of each other's appreciation for each other. I deeply appreciate my husband's thoughtfulness and his 
diligence to making rules and processes and creating safety nets that protect us, but also protect the clients. It created also a, a deepening of appreciation on Jason's side for me as a wife that at no point in time did I ever say, why can't you make this better? This is your fault. At no point in time did I place blame anywhere except for on the equally yoked of us, that neither one of us stopped to say, this needs to be different. And that was something that Jason said after it, that he was super thankful that at no point in time did I blame him. At no point in time did I freak out and say, we're going to lose it all. Instead, both of us kept saying, all right, if the Lord takes all of it, then let's go be missionaries. <laughs> if the Lord <laughs> takes all of it, let's go build small houses in Mexico. If the Lord takes all of it, let's go be that traveling blog family we always wanted to be. <laughs> and it was that surrender of, if he takes all of all of it, we will be well with that. Leading up to this, going through it, and in the aftermath of this, you have taken this aspect of your faith. You have taken the presence of God and you've incorporated it in everything and just thoroughly and just, you know, every aspect he needs to be there and we need to see what he wants us to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that fair to say? It That's a totally fair statement. And the fact that I've post- <laughs> Um, Post-apocalypse. Okay, we'll just go with that. (laughs) Post-almost doom. Post all of that, it really has become um, a soaking. So, you know, after you've stripped something Mm. away, we now soak everything that we do in the Lord's guidance and in the Lord's provision and in the Lord's leading. And that um, goes to the fact that Jason's initial thoughts when when post-apocalypse was when anyone looks us up online or looks in the state licensing things, they're going to see that there's this lawsuit against us. They're going to see that there was this, you know, disgruntlement and all the fallout that came from it. It's there in the records. You can go look it up on the, you know, <laughs> L&I websites and on the Department of, you know, licensing. You can go see it. It's still there. And I told Jason... We cannot hide our scars. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've said to people again and again. If the Lord our God, post-resurrection, still had scars to show the evidence Mm -hmm. of what he went through and survived and restored from, then why do I get to hide my scars? Exactly. Who are we to do any less? Right. Mm -hmm. So our our business scar really did become... um, not a badge of honor, but a, a talking point of, of bravery of like, yes, we're going through a lawsuit right now and it's ugly. We ended up working for a small business lawyer, litigation lawyer up in Seattle and he had his vacation home that I was leading the project on and designing and working heavily. And I remember one night he sent me a text saying, I need to talk to you in the morning. First thing, there's something urgent that I think you need to be aware of. I, I called him the next morning and I kind of said, I said, you know, what's going on? He goes, I just want to let you know, I just saw this lawsuit come across my desk with your guys' name on it. What's going on? Hmm. How can I help you? How can oh. I come support you? Interesting. Is there anything that I can do to run interference for you? And it struck me as, why are you willing to, to do Wait this? a minute, we're talking yeah. about a lawyer. Right, right. right. Okay. You're, you're a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your contractor. And... You want to help me. 
And he advised us because he said, I've seen how you've treated my family and our job site and me. And he goes, and you were up front with the fact that you guys were going through some ugly stuff and you were going through. And so I have no question that this is probably unfounded and, and a misunderstanding. So let me help you litigate it and settle it without having this one go to court as well. Hmm. And it really, and it was a fallout from the apocalyptic job site. And it was a sub that had been um, not paid on what the, the client should have paid. And it was one of those that because we were upfront with what we were going through, right. this client trusted our character. And that became a big turning point for Jason when he realized when you don't hide from the troubles you're going through, when you don't try to like just hunk, you know, hunker down and, and guard the barriers and guard mm-hmm. the border, and you invite others in to witness what's been going on or to at least acknowledge what's, what's happened, then you have a support system of those that are far more compassionate, far more understanding, and then your character that is born out of that is one of absolute integrity and honesty. And that really became a turning point for Jason and I where everything we do has to have integrity. You know, when I look at 2015 and we were thinking about shutting the doors of the company, I'm like, this is sadness. <laughs> How can we lose a second generation business? And I look at now that we're, you know, into the 2020 um, decade and going, we have business that's sustaining and we have business that's continuing and we have people that are willing to listen to how we do things because we're doing things how the Lord has asked us, which is with patience and prayer and petition. No longer were we making choices just because we thought we needed to survive, but we were making choices on, is this going to bring glory to the Lord? Is this going to bring glory to the kingdom? As a couple and working in tandem as a business and working in tandem as servants of the Lord, others saw that and started to say, how do you get that? Um, you know, and those those high schoolers that are now college kiddos, they watched this goodness. And I, one of our sweet high school gals that's off at college now, she said, I love working with you and Jason because you guys are raw. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we've been stripped pretty hard, so there's no other choice but to be raw. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's call it like it is. Leave it to a teenager. Call it like it is. One last question, is there anything else you would like to add? I think if I could give any encouragement to whether you're a small business owner or you're a single mama or you're a household that's just new here, whatever it is, wherever you are in whatever space or or time that God has you in right now, be so surrendered to his will and his guidance and his kingdom that nothing can shake you. And that doesn't mean that you won't have bad times. It doesn't mean that you aren't going to have hard stuff. It doesn't mean you aren't going to have to make some hard choices. But what it means is that in the choice, in the stuff, in the hard, you are still at peace with where the Lord is with you. And that was something that both Jason and I started to say, that we are at peace with the Lord, so we are at peace with each other. And that piece has really overflowed into our 
job sites and into our business and into our household. Now, I'm not going to like say that our household's always peaceful because if anyone knows the Millers. I know your son. Right, yeah. right. We're loud. <laughs> we're loud. And we're always up for a good, a good argument. But that's just, there's a difference about peacefulness and quietness. Um, and that's really where I want to encourage those that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to not be okay. What you are going to gain by being honest about what you're going through is support that you didn't realize was there, is a breath of air that you didn't realize was there, and grace from the Lord that you might not realize is already there. You've blessed us today. Thank you so much to Greta. And I think that we also need to thank Jason. He's not actually here, but obviously the way you two work together, his blessing is on this as well. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Dave. This has been Hill Stories, originating at Chapel Hill Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. The opinions expressed are those of the participants for the edification of our listeners and do not necessarily reflect those of Chapel Hill leadership or the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. If you would like more information or to submit an idea for a future episode, our email address is hillstories at chapelhillpc.org. For everyone here at Chapel Hill, I'm David Wilson. Thank you and God bless.